Hello and welcome back to Wellness Warriors Unscripted. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And you don't have a lot to catch up on because this is only episode two. My name is Gina Jane and let's get our conversation started today. So I wanted to mention the idea of who am I? My identity. Because one, I think it's important to know who's talking to you. And two, I've recently learned about this idea uh, from another coach named Lindsay Hawkins. The idea of what is your why instead of what you do, why you do it. So if I'm asked, Oh, hi, nice to meet you. I introduce myself with my name, obviously. And in the coaching space, my name is Gina Jane. I also introduce myself with my occupation, which gets tricky. It's already getting tricky because I don't just have one job, nine to five. I have a about four jobs, uh, and they are all crazy schedules, but I'm so happy with them. I'm so happy with everything I'm doing right now. Even in my previous job, I was happy in it. I love working in the field I am, which is the wellness field and behavioral health. So I work inpatient. I help lead therapy groups. I do individual kind of coaching sessions uh, with kids and adults uh, to give coping skills and just to like give some well-earned advice, honestly, just to help them get through what it is that they're dealing with. And I also work in another hospital setting in uh, crisis behavioral care. So this is like if you were to come into the ER uh, having suicidal ideations or you're having hallucinations, um, delusions, uh, lots of people withdrawing from drugs kind of come in here as well. And in that space, we work to get you evaluated and stabilized to a place where either we send you home with outpatient treatment set up um, with our community care kind of liaison assisting with that or we get you into inpatient care from there so that covers two two out of four uh, three out of four, I would say, is my job teaching dance. And I love talking about it so much. And everyone always asks me, well, what kind of dance do you teach? So I'm going to answer it for you. I teach ballet. I also teach jazz. And I teach contemporary, which is very similar to lyrical or modern, if you've ever heard those terms. So... I was a dancer from, I don't know, 3 to 18, basically danced my whole young life. 
and it was amazing. Uh, I did run into issues with it as far as, you know, I felt like I didn't belong because of my body type and had some disordered eating patterns and really just had a lot of passion sucked from me by this experience and that was really upsetting because I love dance. I love just movement of hearing music and letting it move your body in ways that you don't get to on a day-to-day basis. But when you turn that music on and you truly just close your eyes and imagine no one's watching because it, it doesn't even matter if anyone's watching. This is your movement. And that's what I kind of run my classes by. I don't expect perfection. I don't expect the ideal. But I do expect effort. So that's my big mantra as a dance teacher. And fourth and finally, I do work as a wellness coach, as a life coach. I offer individual sessions. I do some group sessions. I do some just general chats with people. And my favorite part about being a uh, life and wellness coach is having conversations with people. I post a lot of content over on my Instagram, hello.gina.here, or you can look it up by Gina Jane. I post a lot of content, and sometimes that generates conversations, and that's my favorite thing. My coaching relationships with people are not, I am above you, you are under me. It's not a clinical therapist and uh, client situation. We are partners in this. We sign a contract. We are partners. I want to give you tools and honestly help you create a life that you want to live. And I'll get into that more in a second. But basically, you know, I went and got uh, working on my coaching certification. And it's really opened my eyes to a, a lot of things. And even when I signed up, I decided that, hey, even if this doesn't lead to a career in coaching, this is good just for me. This is a self-improvement for me. Because I want these tools and I want these skills even if I don't get the chance to share them professionally with other people. I'll just share them on my own, and I'll keep some to myself. So that's basically my what. That is what I do. And that was a long, long spiel, I understand. But that doesn't very much explain who I am. That explains where I am sometimes. And it explains uh, that I get multiple different paychecks. All right. I, I am very much a worker bee. I like to work as much as possible, but I do try and keep it to around 40 hours. Because I, I know for me, that's just, that's a lot for me, honestly. And if I... If I go more than that, and I have the ability to go more than that, but if I do, 
I will be burnt out. I'll be worn out. Anyway, that's my what. That is what I do. But who I am is so much more. And who I am has more to do with why I do what I do than what I do. So one of the elements of who I am is that I have a lot of things going on in the background. And I think in many social situations, that's how I describe it. But in, in this context, in this space, I could go into much more detail about what that means. You know, I, I don't want to just say, oh, I, I struggle. I have some health problems. I don't want to say that because that's misleading and very vague. I have diagnosis diagnoses of different mental illnesses and that's part of it you know having depression having anxiety having panic attacks that is part of it but my diagnosis is not my identity either sharing my diagnosis I believe lessens some stigma on others because right now it's it we don't live in a society where it's okay to introduce ourselves with, oh, also, I have depression and severe anxiety. That's just not super welcome. But I want to put that out there because my identity as a coach, as a healer, as a helper, doesn't come from a place of I am above you. I have already learned these skills and I've mastered every one of them. It doesn't come from that place at all. (laughs) It comes from the place of I have these skills and I've learned them and I've learned them experientially because I've had to use them to stay alive. And also, they don't always work. Some nights just suck. Some nights I'll cry myself to sleep. Some nights I'll still have panic attacks and need to take my medication to uh, calm out of it because some deep breathing and uh, visualization is not working. So I have all these skills because I've had to use them. And I won't say they work every single time. You have to adapt and you have to accept that things are still going to suck because no matter how many coping skills I have in my repertoire, I also have depression and severe anxiety in my repertoire and they butt heads constantly. So like I said before, I'm not above you. I'm not below you. I'm your partner in this. And I want to be transparent. I want to be authentic in my representation of myself. So I don't want to mislead uh, to the effect of I have everything together. Because I absolutely do not. And more and more, I see that no one really does. And that's a really important lesson I've learned so far. (laughs) So that adds to the picture. 
that adds to the picture of who I am. Now, if I were to define my why, now defining your why, uh, Lindsay Hawkins speaks to this. Also, if you want a general overview of this concept, look up the TED Talk by Simon Sinek. It is a quick, I think it's under like 15 minute synopsis of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And so my why, ultimately, I do what I do because I believe that everyone has this inner fighter that has this wellness warrior inside of them fighting for that inner peace. Okay, no one wants inner turmoil. That's pretty obvious. But not a lot of people can state that they're fighting for inner peace. I think a lot of people struggle day to day on getting a paycheck, getting a promotion, uh, crossing a mile mark in running training or uh, heavy lifting, trying to break personal records. Not a lot of people think about inside of themselves trying to find that inner peace and so why I do what I do is to help people find that because it's within all of us it truly is we have the ability to make our inner thoughts more peaceful and less intrusive and less bullying so If we have the ability to, why don't we use it? And that's where I like to live. That's the space I like to live. And that's the legacy I want to leave. Is helping people find that. Helping people use that. Helping people remember how much they are worth. And how hopeful their lives are. Now I... Speaking directly to hope and hopefulness, I operate in a space of a lot of people who aren't hopeful. And sometimes I'm not hopeful about the future. I'm scared. Sometimes I'm just flat out scared because I don't know what's going to happen in the future and I can't control it. And that's scary. It's absolutely scary. When I operate in these spaces and when I'm in the space of not being hopeful, I take a look at the uh, clear situations that are surrounding us. You know, for me, I have a lot of privilege in my situation in the way that I have a roof over my head. I have jobs that I have the ability to work and provide for my little family, uh, mainly two for children cat and my dog but I have the ability to work and keep food in my fridge and hang out with friends occasionally some people don't you know I work with a lot of kids who are in foster care or are in group homes or are getting bullied I 
it is hard to see hope in those situations. And you have to give some sort of credit to that. You can't just be like, oh, well, it, it'll get better. It'll get better. It'll be okay. I want to slap those people in the face. You can't just tell me that and walk away. So my point is, you don't need to be hopeful for the future. Because sometimes our situations suck. Whether they be internal or external. Sometimes it's not feasible to be hopeful. So I don't ask anyone to be hopeful. And I don't ask myself to be hopeful. I ask you to be curious. Just curious on how the future might play out. Because hopeful is kind of saying that, you know, everything will be okay. It'll turn out fine. Curious is adding that little hint of, all right, maybe maybe things won't be so bad. Maybe they will. But maybe they might be great. So to anyone out there right now who's just feeling super hopeless and helpless, that's my advice to you today. I really just want you to add in that little hint of curiosity that, yeah, maybe things will be the same in 10 years. But maybe they won't. And I think life's worth living to find out. So think about that today and think about your why. Instead of what you do, think about why you do it. It's a different answer. Your why is like your legacy. What do you want to leave this world? What do you want to leave a conversation? Your why is your passion. If your why for getting up and going to work is getting a paycheck, that's fine. But it's probably not going to be a lifelong thing. You're going to get burnout. You're not going to want to be in that position if you don't already not want to be in that position. So if you have something that identifies with your why and lives to your values, it will give meaning to life. In that space, you can cultivate more meaning, cultivate more understanding, more compassion for yourself. Because you're doing all you can do in that position. All right, that's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. I will talk to you next week.